1: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And it's good to see all of you. I uh, had a great weekend um, speaking at uh, Bedford Alliance Church. Uh, and, uh, yesterday for two services that were packed and, uh, also, and by the way, I've, I've had a chance by God's grace to attend and or preach in a lot of churches around the country, man, that, that is one of the best, one of the best music presentations in a church I've ever heard. They were absolutely fantastic and they had a banjo and a fiddle. Okay. And I mean, it was It was something, man. And a great group of people there. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, I had a chance to uh, also speak at the Lincoln dinner as the keynote there for the Monroe County GOP, which is the county right outside Detroit there, uh, Wayne County. So um, that experience was interesting, too. And we're going to be talking about that coming up in the overtime today. I've said nothing publicly. I've said nothing to you guys. Okay, but there's there's one observation and I met a a lot of great people, one woman in particular, just really sweet um, elderly woman and just cares deeply about the country and and what's happening and and what we're going to leave behind or not for her grandchildren. You know, so I had a lot of very uh, in-depth, fascinating conversations with people, very gracious group. They were only a few people walked out, which, you know, when I speak at a political event is, you know. Kind of underwhelming. I mean, I'm used to more people actually being uh, upset with me. So only a few got up and at walked out. At least you out. got one, huh? I, there was still like, got I, it. I think Amy said she counted three or four. <laughs> so we still got it. Haven't slowed down yet. But, I mean, they gave me a nice ovation when it was over. So, uh, But there's one thing I observed at this event that I definitely want us to discuss. And we'll be doing it today in the overtime at uh, blazetv.com. If you're not at a Blaze TV subscriber, by the way, now is the time uh, to become one. Uh, because you'll get access, if you do, for 7 bucks a month to not just Blaze TV, but to the new Blaze News Media as well. We're detaching from Big Tech to bring you the news and commentary, unfiltered and uncensored. They don't want you to see, so support us there, please. BlazeTV.com slash If you subscribe to Blaze TV, you'll get to uh, Blaze Media uh, as a part of the program there as well. Speaking of which, and why we made this switch and what it means for our company, our editor-at-large, Matthew Peterson, will be joining us next hour in our final segment to talk about that Uh, we'll get uh, into uh, your questions for ask me anything questions coming from our Twitter audience at the top of next hour at the bottom of this hour Bob Vander will be joining us we're now under 80 days until the Iowa caucuses and this has just been one of the most not one it is the most peculiar cycle I've ever seen I I, you know it's it's just very odd it's very strange and uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, Bob and I will have a few things to say about that as well about as well as about our friends over at Preborn. Um, thankfully, they are they're one place and there weren't many, unfortunately, uh, but, but they're, they're one place in the pro-life movement that was actually ready for a post row world uh, that understood now that this process is going to be a lot more decentralized and uh, this is going to be fought state to state, community to community. We're really, mom to mom, life to life, and they're ready to do that at preborn. They confront moms gently, but con- but it's a confrontation nevertheless. With the knowledge that hey, you know, here, listen to this ultrasound. Look at this ultrasound. That is your baby's heartbeat. That is another body. That's not your body. That's somebody else's heart. And about 80% over the, of the time over the years, when a woman hears this, her conscience is convicted, her heart's convicted, and she doesn't go through with killing her kid, which is phenomenal. But the battle doesn't end there. She is still probably a woman in crisis. I mean, let's face it, if you are in a fulfilling, secure relationship as a woman, you're probably not seeking out an abortion, but the women who aren't are. So they're there for the mom, too, whether it's prenatal, postnatal, lots of care, lots of uh, even counseling, and all of it, all of it free of charge, provided even the ultrasounds, provided that they have enough funding with tax-deductible donations from people like us. If you'd like to make one, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby on your mobile phone, pound 250, keyword baby on your mobile phone, or you can donate now at preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. Before we get to Aaron's montage, very quickly, I wanted to thank Paul B. for this birthday card. Belatedly, showed up in the mailbox uh, and it has a very nice note. And I wanted to thank him for that. And then I got a nice handwritten note here, too, uh, from Joel Cologne. And uh, I, I just really appreciated both of these, um, especially because um, Joel's included apple cider trail mix. And my goodness. I had a handful of that before I left for Michigan and it was incredible. All right. So uh, you guys, when you send me stuff, usually via email, I can follow up and say thank you. And I I couldn't find these two guys' email. So I wanted to make sure to to thank them on the air. Both of them. Uh, Very heartfelt. Very appreciative. And with that, uh, let's get to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away, brought to you by losers. Donald Trump was in Sioux City, Iowa yesterday. Sioux Falls, thank you very much, Sioux Falls. When he said you're a loser for expecting him to follow through on campaign promises, like building the wall and making Mexico pay for it.
4: So with all those losers out there that say, Trump never got the... You remember I used to say, Mexico will pay for the piece of the wall. I'll say... What's going to happen with their fight? I said, the wall gets higher. We all had a lot of fun. But I said, Mexico will pay for a piece of the wall. Well, there was no legal instrument to do that.
3: By the way, Customs and Border Patrol says in fiscal year 2023, they released nearly a million illegals, 900,000, that they encountered at the southern border, including over 150,000 in the month of September alone. That 900,000 number is larger than the populations of Wyoming, Vermont, Alaska, and North and South Dakota. Having a wall would have been real handy the past few years. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis crisscrossed the country for various events, including this one for the Heritage Foundation, where he was asked about World Health Organization pandemic treaties. Well, all I can say is, uh, so in Florida, we've already passed legislation uh, nullifying any impact of that WHO treaty. It's a lockdown treaty. On the state of florida we will not recognize it we will not abide by it as president all i can say for people that are trying to do an international lockdown treaty is go ahead make my day i will take that treaty and i will throw that in the trash can where it belongs don't worry about that and now's the part of the montage where i'd like to remind you that miracles really do happen it took nearly five months but mike pence finally showed some self-awareness
4: i came here to say it's become clear to me This is not my time.
1: So after much prayer and deliberation,
4: I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today.
3: A new Des Moines Register poll dropped over the weekend, only the second poll of the first in the nation caucus state in the month of October. That poll shows Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump tied at 67%, amongst first and second choices and those actively considering supporting them. Yet that same poll has DeSantis and Haley tied for respondents first choice somehow. That makes no sense whatsoever. Moving on, in Israel, airstrikes rocked Gaza during a night of heavy bombardment late last week after the Israeli Defense Force said Friday it's expanding its ground operations in the besieged enclave. In a statement Saturday, the IDF said its warplanes hit 150 underground targets in northern Gaza overnight, Friday into Saturday, striking what it called terror tunnels and underground combat spaces and killing several Hamas operatives. Pro-Hamas rallies and demonstrations continued around the world over the weekend, including in London, England, where terrifying scenes could be seen. The streets and bridges surrounding the iconic Big Ben clock tower were teeming with pro-Hamas demonstrators in what amounts to an epitaph to Western civilization. In a heavily Muslim part of southwestern Russia, a lynch mob gathered at an airport after news circulated that a plane had landed from Tel Aviv carrying Jews. In Chicago, black Hebrew Israelites fought on the streets with Hamas sympathizers. Kamala Harris, your thoughts. Joe Biden
0: is very much alive and running for re-election.
3: New Speaker of the House Mike Johnson gave one of his first interviews of his speakership to Fox News, where he said... Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the
2: sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's that's my worldview. That's
3: what I believe. And finally, only Newsom can go to China. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage
2: brought to you by our friends over at AMAC. They are the pro-American alternative to the uh, AARP, uh, which claims to be bipartisan, but in the last election cycle gave about 95% of its donations to Democrats. They're actually out there trying to undo your way of life. On the other hand, AMAC is trying to preserve it. Uh, for the next generation, whether that's free speech, religious liberty, the second amendment, election integrity, border security, et cetera. That's what they're for. And if you're for that and you're of age, you want to join this organization to send a message that, Hey, you want to defend what America's founding values are and preserve them for the next generation. They've got more than 2 million members nationwide. And the more they grow, the more influence they'll have. And then the more incentives and, 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 qualifications and bonuses that they can offer for being a member. For example, right now, if you join, uh, you can get low rates on cell phones, plans, health and wellness products, travel and lodging, vision, dental, even prescription drugs. So join today at amac.us slash dace, amac.us slash dace, that's amac.us slash dace. (laughs) All right, let's get to what is in, uh, what's in Aaron's montage. And, I can't talk about the first clip involving the Mexican wall. I can't talk about that without spoiling what's going to come up in the overtime. Hmm. All right, and so we're gonna we're gonna table that for now, if that is okay. All right, if you guys are okay with that, Um, it's not directly tied to what we're going to discuss in the overtime, but it certainly is indirectly. and it would and it could we could very well veer into a conversation that I think will be more fun if I share with you first what I saw at this event in Monroe County, Michigan Saturday night. And and we have more time to discuss it in the overtime. So we're gonna fun, do Fun, you say, huh? I, well, I for... that, like everything else, <laughs> fun these days can be a relative turn. Fun, fun is a social construct, Todd. Indeed. So I, I, I wanna discuss if we could for a moment. Um, I want to discuss where we're at on the caucuses because this is an area looking at the rest of Aaron's montage, all very newsworthy, but those are all areas that probably every other show that you could tune into on the right would be able to speak to adequately, if not better than what we are able to. Okay. Fair. Okay. So I, I want to discuss the Seltzer poll and, and where things are in Iowa for a few minutes and get you guys' take on, on my thoughts. And I I want to start by saying this, the, the, you know, I, I posted a uh, kind of an update on Twitter Saturday. Uh, It's funny how one hour makes a difference, man, you know, you know, so I'm on Eastern time when I'm up there in Southeast Michigan. So I'm an hour ahead and, you know, I've always to me here in central time, like the game game day starts at eight. The games kick off at 11, trying to get all my stuff done and my workout and everything. in before the games kick off, it always seems like I'm I'm running low on time. Man, when the game when game day doesn't start till nine and the games don't start till noon, it just felt like that extra hour. I had all kinds of time. <laughs> all right. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to post my kind of, you know, 10,000 foot view of where things are at in the caucuses here. And I was inspired to do this after reading that uh, that Trump was going to make it uh, now make a major investment reinvestment back into Iowa. OK, rather than just kind of pretending or, or that it, despite the messaging that he's just it's over and there's no point.
5: Sioux Falls, Iowa, of course. Yes.
2: Yeah. And uh, I, I had no idea that the registers next to Iowa poll was coming out today when I posted this on Saturday. And um, I found that out yesterday. And and so I went and found. The late October Iowa poll that the Register posted in the 2016 GOP contested caucuses. That's the last time we had a contested caucus in Iowa. And I went and found the October poll of, um, of Iowa in the Register. I think it was dated October 24th, so a few days earlier, but roughly the same time of year, same juncture of the race. All right, And it had Ben Carson with a nine-point lead in Iowa. I believe, I think Ben Carson did a total of like five more campaign events in Iowa during that caucus cycle, Todd, than you did. How many? How many campaign? How many campaign events did you do in Iowa during that cycle?
5: Exactly zero.
2: Yeah, so I think Carson may may have done five more of those. Um, he was up. Did by Ted n- Cruz steal the rest of those? Appearances? I, I, yes. He was up. Ben Carson was up by nine points. Ted Cruz, who would go on to set the all-time turnout record in the Iowa caucuses, only was at 10%. And that was late October of 2015. And, and by the way, as an aside, it, that seeing that poll from 2015 jarred my memory. I'll give you guys a little inside baseball. For many months on the, within the Cruz team, I was one of the most pro-Trump people on the Cruz team. Um, I, 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 came on board in August and so, well, many months, two months for the first two months I was there. I was, I was like, Hey, we're both outsiders here. I mean, if you know, this guy's actually, we, we can quietly over here kind of build our our plan of winning the evangelical bracket, so to speak, and let Trump go over here and just decimate a bunch of people that we might have to play later on and we'll worry about him later. Not to mention, I, I agreed with a lot of what he was saying anyway, so what's the point in hitting at somebody who's saying what you like, you know? Even if it's not your guy, it's, that's just, I know other people aren't wired that way, but I'm kind of like, if it's, I, I, I don't care. I said this to somebody in Monroe County, Michigan, the other night, I don't care if it's Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Ron Trump, Donald DeSantis, Donald Dunker, your mom, all right? Uh, just do your damn job. I, I really don't care. I mean, I, I in the end, just do your job. I, I support who I think will is, is the most likely to fulfill that, but I really don't care who does the job just that somebody actually does. And, uh, there was an event in Iowa right after that register poll. Maybe you guys are going to remember this. Aaron, you had just, this was your early part of, you know, yep. time on our show and that had shown that, uh, that Trump was behind by nine in Iowa. And, uh, To Ben Carson and Trump came to Iowa and did an event and just destroyed Ben Carson accused him of beating his mom like literally accused him of beating his mother do you guys remember this this event and and the Iowa crowd was just like "Um, sir this is a Wendy's I mean this this is this is just maybe you know (laughs) going full Roy Khan talking to the New York Times is just in New York all right it's you know a coffee break but in Iowa people are like you, c- you accused the dude of beating his mother. I mean, people just are not. <laughs> not and I'm an eye when I'm like, no, we're not. That was kind of the first time that I was like, all right, we got to beat this guy. I mean, that, that level of behavior was ridiculous. OK, but he, he did go back and watch. He accused Ben Carson of beating his mom and lying about his own origin story and everything else, which is funny because Ben Carson, uh, I think, did an event where he in- endorsed uh, Trump yesterday, actually. But uh, so who knows how much of this stuff is serious, how much of it is performance art, right? You never know with Trump. But anyway, I went and looked at that poll and uh, decided, I will right, we'll see what this poll says when I get up in the morning. And. I, I don't know how some stuff gets printed. I I, I don't. I mean, I really don't. And. Help me understand forget forget the names, but let's take all the names out of it for a second. Because I went through this. I went through this in 2020 when it was Trump Biden, and I'm looking at the internals of these polls. How many times did did Glenn put me on his show to basically counter stew who was preaching doom and gloom put me on his show to basically counter stew? All right, because the internals of those polls were insane Like 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 Biden was going to win Wisconsin by like 25 points and stuff like this. Do you remember those days? How many of those interviews I said in here before we were going to go do our show? And you guys overheard me doing on Glenn's show. Basically, he was pitting, pitting his two most favorite sons, I guess we'll say, me and Stu against each other on on the polls. Do you remember this? And then we went through all these internal polls in 2022 and I was like. They're underestimating now the top line result. This is going to be a massacre for Democrat, right? We, we did all this because what's inside of them did not match the, the breathless headline of what you are seeing, at, 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 you know, at the top, which is almost all anybody reads nowadays. No one actually clicks on an article anymore. You know, we're hoping to change that at Blaze Me- Blaise- News, by the way. Okay. But, Aaron, how much time do you spend on a given day coming up with the right headline for our stuff? When you post it on social, man,
3: mm, uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, because that's all time. anybody sees yeah. anymore.
2: That that that. If you just put a day show for uh, uh, Monday, October thirtieth,
3: or if you put this is the dumbest thing Steve's ever seen, that's going to get more clips, uh, far more. And right? if your mouth is open in the thumbnail, that's going to get more <laughs> clips. I've been told. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. All right. Anyway.
2: Um, we now nah, that's I'm disturbing sorry. and I got to figure out where I was at now. Okay. And where Lindsey Graham is at. Um, okay. Where were we? I'm seriously for after they, the poll. Thank you. All right. And so it is entirely possible that if the Iowa caucuses were today, maybe Donald Trump wins by 20 points. I, I honestly don't know. I I just know this. I, I know this. You cannot print. Well, You can. But it can't be credible. You cannot print that Nikki Haley has the same level of support in Iowa as Ron DeSantis when your own poll shows that she actually trails in support with Ron DeSantis by 13 points. You just, you can't do that. Furthermore, I would say you can't publish a poll that shows one candidate beating another candidate by 25 points, when your same poll shows they have the exact same level of overall support. You're, you're basically saying that when those people who can't decide between the two have to make a decision, like, none of them will choose the other side. They will all go one way, all of them. And the, and the one way they'll all go is with the candidate everybody knows and everybody's already seen and everybody's already made up their minds on. Kind of think if you were that solid on Trump, you probably would have done it already. Right. It's not really something new. These things don't make any sense. And so I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make sense of them. I don't. I've, I've never seen a caucus cycle like this. Trump has done multiple events in Iowa in the last month that have had disappointing crowds. I'm going to tell you right now, Ron DeSantis has been better as a presidential candidate the last two months than Ted Cruz ever was. I got paid by Ted Cruz. And well, I've not gotten a red cent from Ron DeSantis. Nothing. I mean, the level of presidential messaging and leadership that Ron DeSantis has exhibited way beyond, frankly, what Ted was capable of. He was a freshman senator. Wasn't capable of projecting this. Might be now. He's not a candidate for president right now, is he? No. No. But eight years ago, not even close to anything like this so I, I i don't understand we're, we're all getting high on our own supply with these polls biden's plummeting approval rating maybe you're seeing polls gallup shows this is the lowest Demo- confidence americans have ever had in democrats when it comes to the economy and it is true by the way by the way do you know when the second lowest period of time americans had when it came to democrats and confidence in the economy you know what it was just guess what do you think when do you, when do you think that was Carter? No, right before the last midterm election actually hmm. it was the all-time record in lowest amount of confidence in the economy in the Gallup poll since Carter it was the last midterm election. This is this is why I was looking at those kinds of mm-hmm. numbers and saying your top line results are underestimating the blowback here. Republicans aren't going to be plus three on the generic ballot. When the, when, when the rest of the voting public that is that pissed off about the economy, when they come and vote, it's going to be like plus six, plus seven. I did that show all last fall, did I not? Yes. And laid it all out with these kinds of data points we're using now, did I not? Right. And, 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 then? and then the actual game was played. And outside of a couple places like Florida, that is not the game that we saw. There have been now, by my count, at least 34 off-year or special elections held across the country this year. And according to analysis from 538, Democrats have outperformed the partisan demographics in that in those races by an average, an average of over nine points. So I that what's happening on the field does not... You know there can I give you an analogy and maybe a lot of you won't give it, get it but I think it's a good one so I'm going to give it and nevertheless there's a thing in sports wagering called CLV closing line value you know what this is Aaron right okay and this yep. is where you bet a line and think of think of a a line on a sporting event like a, any other market a stock a share price a commodity price okay and uh, in any in any speculative market you want to buy low and sell high right so CLV and sports betting is the version of buy low and sell high, meaning I got this line ahead of the market and then a bunch of other people saw it the same way I did and moved the market. And so I I'm sitting here on a good on a good speculative investment because the line moved in my favor while I'm still holding all this value from when I decided to invest. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. All right. This year, by the way, and and, if you, and and it's fascinating if you follow like sports betting Twitter, they all sit around posting their tickets of CLV, how they beat the market, they got ahead of the market, and they all do that Monday through Friday. Then the games are played Saturday and Sunday this year, and closing line value hasn't meant dink. And they're all on their Twitter accounts Saturday night and Sunday night posting their L's. I, had, I won the closing line value Olympics again, but when the game was played, that's not what happened. Okay? That's kind of what we have become with polling. Well, the polls say we're going to win, and then the game is played and we don't. So we just go find the next poll that says we're going to win, rather than try to figure out, huh, is there a reason why when the game is played, we keep losing? I, I don't understand it. I, I, I can't make any sense of it. And I'm not prepared to say that I think these polls are all like a COVID-level psyop. I will tell you they routinely post internal fantastical things. That just cannot be true and will never be true. Like Trump winning 50% of the black vote. But, but I, I don't know the answer. I, I don't. And when I don't know something, I just tend to not talk about it. I mean, I, I like to find things that I think I know and then argue to the hilt on those things. And if I'm, I'm unsure of things, I, I tend to just not discuss them. I, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It just doesn't. So, I, so my advice to you would be to follow the behavior of the campaigns. They know better than we do. They have better data than what's out there publicly. And my guess is that if you look at the behavior of the Trump campaign, what it is showing is that there are still a lot of people. It's a very volatile, largely disengaged electorate. And a lot of people that more than they would like that would still like somebody other than Trump to be the nominee. And the big question between now and the next 78 days, I think, is when Iowa takes place is can a candidate and I hope it's mine. Maybe it won't be. We'll see. But can a candidate mobilize those people to get up and vote? Because one thing I think is very clear, the ardent Trump vote is going to vote. That's very clear. Okay, that's obvious. And I think after that, I don't know what else is obvious or very clear. But I do know that it isn't possible for Nikki Haley to tie Ron DeSantis on caucus day when Ron DeSantis has 13 points more support than her in the same poll making this claim and, in fact, has the same amount of overall support that Ron DeSantis has in the same poll making this claim. Those things can't be simultaneously true. They can't. They can both be wrong. One can be wrong and one can be right. They cannot both be true. That math does not add up. That's like 5 plus 7 equals 28. Can't happen. I know that gentlemen your thoughts
5: Has your previous blessing the opportunity to live here in first in the caucus state which just gave you access in your career and springboarded you forward because of your ability to relate to that access on multiple levels your your capacity to both dig in the data the strategy all that obvious blessing but now are we is it has it become a curse of sorts where like um you're you just you're too close to something that you thought you understood in your bones because let's the way Iowans vote Ron DeSantis should win just like Ted Cruz won just like Huckabee won just like uh uh, uh, uh Santorum won I mean they they give a shot they elevate these people who are the most principled conservatives in the race this is what they do this if Donald Trump forget a 20 point win if he wins in this environment isn't Iowa just not iowa anymore as you've come to
2: understand it no i wouldn't go that far um because he's done good things for the state of iowa overall and won this state convincingly back to back when no other republican presidential candidate had done that at all by any amount of margin since reagan so no i wouldn't i would not go that far i wouldn't I mean, I get, I don't think your point has no merit. I'm not saying that. I just think you're, I I would, I think it goes too far because it's not just whether or not Ron DeSantis matches previous caucus winners, but he's running against essentially an incumbent president who was also very popular here. You see what I'm saying? Those are things that Mike Huckabee didn't run against and Ted Cruz didn't run against. They weren't running against those things. He is. So I think that that changes the calculus of the environment and reshaping the electorate a little bit.
3: I would just still hold to to this. I think the narrative that the Trump world has built and that the mainstream media has helped reinforce that he's just inevitable, I still think that that narrative might work too well in terms of people not showing up because they think it's just a fate accompli. That being said, it's still hard to reconcile that with... Uh, Chris Wilson, the pollster for, uh, I think, never back down saying that he predicts the largest turnout ever for the Iowa caucuses. I don't know. This is why we play the games.
2: We'll come back. And when we do, Bob Vanderplatz will join us. We'll get his thoughts next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it,
2: Back here on The Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Birch Gold. You know, last month the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. Central bank digital currencies, what are they? Well, they allow the government to track basically every purchase that you make. uh, Which means they could eventually decide that uh, they don't want to allow you to purchase such things. or, Or certain products, maybe even freeze your assets if you decide to still do so maybe even seize your money. In essence, this is massive, unprecedented government control. Just another reason why. You want a physical asset held, preferably in a tax-sheltered retirement account, which you can take advantage of if you call Birch Gold now. Learn for yourself. Text Steve to 989-898 for the free info kit on gold text steve to 989-898 for the free info kit on gold if you have an ira or a 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust birch gold can help you convert it into an ira in gold and you won't even have to pay a penny out of pocket just text steve to 989-898 for the free info kit on gold that's text steve to 989-898 let's welcome in our good friend bob vanderplotz from the family leader bob it is good to see you brother how you been
4: Golden, doing really good.
2: So we are under 80 days to the Iowa caucuses. And I put out kind of my own, I had some extra time uh, in Michigan waiting for a speaking event. So I thought I'd put out kind of my own view of where things stand, not knowing. And I had pointed out, by the way, that we had not had, we had had one poll in the entire month of of October in Iowa. Mm -hmm. One. And I went and looked. The, we, we've had a total of 16. Today now would be the 17th with the Iowa poll from the register. So we've, we have 17 polls of Iowa done at this juncture of the race. In 2016, Bob, there had been exactly 50. 50 by this date in 2016 uh, according to the real clear politics polling average there had been exactly 50 polls done of iowa now some may say well you know trump was new we had this star-studded field all these governors and senators excitement was at an all-time high okay so i needed a control group right so i mean i'm not anthony fauci i'm going to actually do research um, and, and look to see where the data goes so i went and looked at the 2012 cycle right that was the cycle where there was great malaise, right? Sure. And, and the flavor of the month, and nobody was really all that sold on anybody. Remember that cycle oh, I very do. well?
4: Yeah. New Gingrich, Michelle Bachman. Yes, everybody. Rick everybody had their moments. yes. They did. Herman Cain. Right.
2: Herman Cain. Yeah. In that cycle, by this date in that cycle, there had been 21 polls done of Iowa. Oh wow. So there, even in that cycle, there had been several more that had been done. All right. So there has not been a lot of data out there. We have a we have a poll out today. And when I went and looked this up, I had no idea that the register was going to come out with this poll today. I found out about it yesterday and then I decided to go back and see if they had done a poll in October of 2015. And they had almost the exact same date, a few days, you know, October 24th. So a few days off. And by the way, Ben Carson was winning that poll by nine points. I, I said this to Todd last segment before he got here. I asked him how many campaign events did he do in Iowa? last cycle. And Todd, you said... That would be zero. Yeah, that's only a few a few less than Ben Carson did that cycle, as uh-huh. a matter of fact, you'll recall. So he was winning Iowa by nine points. Ted Cruz, who would go on to set the all-time turnout record in Iowa, was only sitting at 10% in this poll.
4: Yeah. He, he was definitely just lingering. Yep. He and Marco Rubio, they were just staying there that 10, 7 point yep. They were not moving at all. Right. And then you go look at
2: the register's internals, right? And so, help... I, here's the thing. I, I don't understand how, how when you're publishing something, do you not recognize you contradict yourself?
4: So this poll claims, because it's all about the headline. Yes. A lot of people don't read beyond the headline. Ex- we they just, wanted the exactly headline what, to be the story.
2: Yes. And so the poll has a, a, a top line result of DeSantis and Haley with the same level of support. Here's the problem. Their own internals show that Desantis's total support is actually 13 points greater than Haley's and the exact same amount of total support Donald Trump has. So, I, I have no, uh, help me understand, as, I mean, I've, I've studied polls professionally, I've done polling professionally. Help me understand how you produce a top line result that shows one guy has the exact same total support as the other guy, but is going to lose to him by 25 points. So you're essentially saying everybody that right now can't decide between the two, they're all going to go one way and that one way is somebody that they've already they already know 100 percent and could have gone with already but we'll set that aside okay not so, that
4: we have any history with this because exactly. remember seltzer did this poll back in 2010 in a Republican primary that I happened to be a part of, yes, to show this was a runaway for Branston. Oh, uh, it showed
2: 48 hours before the primary that you were going to lose by 28 points, and you almost won the the election. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: the whole deal is, can't I create the narrative to move the the voters? Yeah. So that Trump is your number? I had, a, I had a journalist today, Steve. Since you're going there, I'm just going to go there. Yep. I had a journalist today by the name of Jonathan Martin. You know Jonathan, right? Uh-huh. Yes, I do. Used he, to be a, we, he was at Politico. I don't know where he is. He's now. at Politico now. Okay. He was at New York Times, then Politico. Okay. But he tweeted at me that what poll is it gonna to take to finally break Vanderplot's to basically say trump will be the gop nominee why that is their narrative yeah they want trump to be the nominee because
2: they've got a game plan they've got 91 federal yeah. indictments lined up they've got they they know exactly what they're going to get they know he'll say things that will be that will allow yeah. them to fake news cycles and drive news cycles and they know what the game plan is that's so exactly so my what question
4: is whether you're jonathan martin whether you're the des moines register whether you're ann seltzer what is it that you want to circumvent the process so bad to say, you guys don't count apparently anymore. They want this, circum- this is done. This uh, is over.
2: Apparently they want to circumvent it bad enough that they produced a poll today showing that someone in their same poll that has 13 points more support than the other candidate will have the exact same support as that candidate and that has the exact same support as another candidate will lose to that candidate they have the same support of at by 25 points. That's how badly. Now, I don't know which is true. I didn't do the damn poll. Yeah. I don't know if the total support is, is, is true. I don't know if the top line result is true. Here's what I know. They could even both be wrong. I I know this you do not have 13 points more total support than somebody in a in a process that is driven by who's the first and second choice and end up on caucus night the same percentage as that person yep. that's that's mathematically impossible cannot happen i know that whatever else this is about or whatever else in the poll is true i i don't know but i know that's not And true.
4: so what you just said a lot of your listeners are going starry-eyed like i don't know if i followed any of that and that's exactly exactly the point yeah because we want to tell you we want to Spoon feed you what the result is gonna be. So tell me then. Tell me what you see. We are what seventy seven days, I think, out. What is happening? I think the process is playing itself out really well. Matter of fact, if I took a look at anything in that poll and I tweeted about that, you have a former president who has a hundred percent name ID where most people have made up their mind on him, and he's well below fifty percent. That is a red flag. It should be a red flag for all the GOP voters to say in a GOP caucus, he is well below 50% and everybody knows who this guy is. I'm just saying, project this out, you know, foreplay this a little bit. That kind of division, that kind of unsettlement, that is not a winning strategy to beat the Democrats in a general election at all. It may win a caucus. It may win a primary. The power division may win, but that same power division most likely will lose. And that's why I think you're seeing the narrative. So what I see right now, Steve, I see a lot of the candidates from DeSantis to Nikki to Tim Scott to Vivek. They're working Iowa. They're trying to establish a ground game. I think DeSantis is by far ahead in the ground game at this point and trying to work an Iowa caucus. And the people, you know, Iowans, they break late. So they're still kicking the tires of Vivek. They're still kicking the tires of Tim Scott, Nikki and, and DeSantis. But before they say I'm going with DeSantis or Nikki or whoever it is, they're going to have to meet them several times yet. And there's things that are coming up. There's the debate that's going to happen in Miami on November 8. There's our forum on November 17, which Rick Santorum said was crucial for him to become the Iowa caucus winner, which Ted Cruz said was crucial for him to become the Iowa caucus winner. That's going to be on November 17. Then you're going to start seeing endorsements come in and you're going to start seeing people working it. That's why Huckabee broke late. That's why Santorum broke late. That's why Cruz broke late. I would say a lot of people want to write the narrative. They want to write the script already. And it is way premature, way too early. All right, let's let's do
2: this. Let's go through the candidates. And I want you to tell me, for each of them, with brutal honesty, what you would be the most concerned about right now if you were them. And let's just take them in the order of, of support that you have in the register poll. All right, so we'll start with Trump. Brutal honesty, Wonder Woman lasso of truth around Bob What's the What's the biggest concern each of the, that, that each of these people should have right now? Let's start with the front runner,
4: Trump. Well, I think for Trump is uh, there is a lingering, I think, two-thirds, even in that Iowa poll, about can the guy win. Can the guy actually win the general election? That's been his biggest hurdle from, the, from getting out of the gate. It's still his biggest hurdle. Can he actually win? Is, just, is this just being vindictive about the past? But how can this win in November in the, in the general election? DeSantis. DeSantis, I think he's still probably fighting First of all, Trump has been relentless going after him. Uh, second of all, I think his big thing is a lot of people, why not just wait your turn? Why not just do what Trump told you? Wait your turn. Be governor of Florida. Just wait your turn until twenty twenty eight.
2: Do you think? Do you think that explains why? Because you're right. Trump has savaged him. Sure. But his favorables are largely what they were a few months ago. Yeah. Do you think it's that? Do you think it's possible that people are are have, are people that sophisticated? Do you think that they are by and large already saying? We like you. It's just not your time. And we need to see this through with the other guy first.
4: I I don't know. I'm asking. No, I think DeSantis, Nikki, Tim Scott, even Vivek, people are still getting to know them. I mean, we think that we live this stuff. We're inside. We're kind of nerds. This isn't everyday Iowa. They're still taking all this stuff into saying, okay, where are they going to weigh in on support? They know Trump. They don't know the other so far. So DeSantis, they still need to get to know him. I know a lot of people say, I really like what he did as governor of Florida. I just am not ready to make that commitment yet. So that's fair. Okay. Tim Scott went to church with me. We'll go to Tim Scott and then we'll go back to Nikki. Tim Scott went to church with me and a couple couldn't wait to get their picture of Tim Scott. And they got their picture and the guy said, I've been watching you on TV, your TV ads. I love those TV ads. You're saying exactly what should be said. And it's profound stuff. Like if you're a boy, mm-hmm. you should play against boys. Mm-hmm. If you're a girl, you should play it's you know, he's basically saying common sense. He goes, I love your TV ads. Tim, I heard Tim say this. I would love to have you and your wife caucus for me on January fifteenth. The guy's at least he was honest when right back to him. Oh, we're not there yet. You know, kind of like, we're, we're, we like your ads, we like you, but we're not ready to make that kind of a commitment. Iowans with their caucus vote, it's almost like I'm getting married to you. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not there yet. All right, so Nikki Haley then. Nikki Haley, I still think a lot of people view her either as the establishment type candidate or as someone that'll be really good in an administration or as a VP candidate. Uh, Even though she's very, I did hear somebody say, listen, I hear a lot about what she's been as a U.N. ambassador. I'd like to have her talk more about her time as governor of South Carolina, what she accomplished there. And I think the reason that person wanted Nikki to talk more about that is they hear DeSantis talking about his accomplishments as governor of Florida. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, how does that measure up to Ron DeSantis? And then Vivek. Vivek, I think there's a couple things. One is I be very open with him as I am, but uh, once his faith and he knows that. It's a big leap when 64 percent of caucus goers claim to be evangelical Christians or identify as evangelical Christian to say, now I'm going to go vote for somebody that claims the Hindu faith. So I, that's a big issue. And then two is uh, this is first go round. I mean, he's inexperienced. He has not been in this process before. A lot of times that might make sense, but not as he's just inexperienced. He's also 38 years old. So I think people are still way in the a lot of people still like him they like what he says uh he's a very good communicator so we'll see where he goes out of this thing
2: let's do this i just want one answer over or under okay
4: i never know how to play over and under right. boys so, laugh at so me all the time the about register
2: that. here setting the line of total support okay total support all right first or second choice rank voting all right over under what their what their what their line is and if you think it's a push you can say push you think it's pretty close to right on the money all right Uh, Trump, 67%.
4: I think he'll perform under 67%.
2: No, his total support, like first or second, right today. Not like what percentage you'll get on caucus night, but do you think 67% of caucus voters, he is their first or second choice? I don't. You think it's an under? All right. DeSantis is also at 67%. Do you think right now he is the first? I'd say it's a push. Right around. Okay. Haley, 54%.
4: I'd, I'd say that's a push. Push. All right. Tim Scott, 49%. Honestly, I think that might even be a little bit over right now. I okay. mean, I think that's an over anticipation of where where he's actually at. All right. And the reason why first and second matters,
2: again, folks, is a caucus. People are going to go in horse trade right there on the site. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Vivek,
4: 32%. Again, I think that may be a push. It might be a little bit high for Vivek, but I'd say it's probably a push. Okay. Last thing I wanted to ask you about. You've been involved in
2: Christian conservative politics for many, many years now, right? Mm-hmm. You're fairly well connected, right? better connected than even I am. And I'm fairly well connected. You're way more connected than me. Don't play, well, don't give me the humble brag, it's true.
4: You wait till I shave.
2: Okay. How well
4: you know Mike Johnson, the new house speaker? The guy who talks about his biblical worldview, and how how well do you know him? I I did not know Mike at all. Matter of fact, when people were saying, hey, Mike Johnson looks like he'd be speaker. My peers in the Family Policy Alliance movement knew him pretty well. As an attorney at ADF? As an attorney at ADF, being from Louisiana. My peer there is Gene Mills. And so I, I just didn't know a lot about him. I was thrilled to see that he hired a Family Policy Alliance team member as his new chief of staff. and But otherwise, I, I don't know him well at all. Hmm. That's probably he why he's speaker of the House. He was
2: in pro- Congress for 14 years and supposedly wears a biblical worldview on his, on his sleeve. You never heard him at all. I'd never heard the guy's name in my life until last week. And you didn't know him at all.
4: Not at all, you're telling us. I, I, I I'd never met him. I've not, and I d- did not hear of him. I'd have to ask Chuck Hurley, who's been in this longer than I am, who's my vice president and chief counsel. Uh, but I had not heard of Mike Johnson, no. I'm hoping he does and does well. So pa- am I. Part of I just the reason find that, I find that sure, sh- I find that peculiar. Part of the reason people even speculate the reason he's Speaker of the House, though, is because he didn't make waves one way or the other. He didn't lead. Now he's going to be asked to lead, though. Okay, now you now you're put in a position where you need to lead as in, Speaker in, of the in House. In your
2: career, for every Kim Reynolds who we don't really know what they're going to do, and then they get into power and they're great. Okay, that worked with Kim. How many other times in your life in your have, happen you, have very you ever often. seen that actually work? It does work?
4: not happen very often. I that, hope doesn't mean
2: it, that doesn't mean it won't work I here. I hope it happens. It just
4: means the odds are not right. high when you don't know going in. Yeah. But if Mike Johnson wanted to get advice, I'd say call Governor Kim Reynolds and take some advice about what it's like to be thrown into this leadership uh, opportunity that he has.
2: What are the odds that you could be in Congress as a Christian with a biblical worldview for 14 years and Bob Vander has never heard of you? What do you think the odds of that
4: are? Exactly. Notice the silence, the crickets. I was waiting for Aaron or uh, Todd to jump in there. Real quick, though, I want to tell your base, okay? Yeah, real quick, because we're up up against it. November 17, go to thefamilyleader.com, sign up, be part of this presidential family forum. It's unlike anything else, but it's very crucial in the process. It's not a
2: debate. I did write about it on Twitter. They're not going to go back and forth. They get simultaneously
4: interviewed together. And and they get to decide how much time they want to take on a question, Mm -hmm. but they get a block of time. They get to decide how they parse the time. All right,
2: good stuff. Where can people go again one more time?
4: Thefamilyleader.com.
2: Thank you, brother. We'll come back. It'll be your turn to ask me anything when we return. Stay tuned. back here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve Dace. he's totters and he's aaron mcintyre you are you let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedays.com inbox steve at com. that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook me we and gab follow me at Steve Show on twitter get her instagram and tiktok you can find me as well over on truth social no you can't i got rid of my account over there because i just don't think it's going to be around very much longer and i was and i and i didn't say anything for two weeks i was curious how many people are going to bring it up one person did one one person said hey are you not posting on truth social anymore it's been two weeks and one person one person asked me that yeah one i I was keeping track (laughs) one did so um If you listen to the podcast, please uh, hit uh, subscribe or if you're on iTunes, follow. That way, every time we do a new episode, it'll show up in your feed every single time. And thank you to all of you who have. And then you can also, if you love the show, leave us a five-star review if you kind of like the show. Definitely leave us a five-star review. What if you don't like the show? Don't lie, but maybe just keep that to yourself. We have, you know, we're, we're, we're very sensitive here. And thanks again to the thousands upon thousands. We are approaching 10,000 five-star reviews on YouTube. So I'd love to see us eclipse that benchmark. Thank you so very much to all of you who have submitted those already. And as well to our friends over at Relief Factor for presenting this portion of the program. If you've been struggling with chronic pain, this is pain that shows up via inflammation in your joints and can manifest as soreness, achiness, stiffness that, that just won't go away. If that's you, maybe we've got the solution for you. It's drug free albeit something that can be prescribed or, or something that was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, and it's called relief factor. Now, why is it important that it's drug-free? Hey, there's a lot of great drugs out there, all right? And, um, and, and, and they've saved and, and aided and abetted a lot of lives. But you also can tax other organs and, syst- and systems in the body with prolonged usage of these drugs. So if there's a way to do it, more naturally, take advantage of it. We think Relief Factor is that way. We're about 70% confident that it will be for you. Where do we pull that number from? Well, over the years, 70% of the people that try the three-week quick start see such great results in those three weeks or less that they stick around long-term. That's where. So see if this is the solution you've been waiting for. It's just $20. $19.95, just $20. What do you have to lose for $20 for three weeks to see? If you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com, Relief Factor dot com or you can call them at 800 the number four relief 800 the number four relief I need to correct something. I have this mental block, and I I meant to say something about this before, and I keep repeating the same thing. Mike Johnson, and thank you to Catherine Zemanik Zemanik from Convention of States for just texting me during the break so I could finally remember to correct this. Mike Johnson's been in the Congress for seven years, not seven terms. I keep screwing that up. That's on me. My bad. I need to finally verbalize that out loud so that I'll remember moving forward not to screw that up. All right. But the central point still remains. And how someone with a biblical worldview could be in Congress for seven years. And I'd never heard of him until last week. And Bob Vanderblatt's had no idea who he was. And he's, more, he's as connected in Christian right circles as any human being I know. So we'll see what he does. Let's get to it. Time to ask me anything. Questions this week coming from our followers over at Twitter. Todd, you have gone through those questions. You've decided which ones we're going to attempt to answer, Aaron. You may fire when ready. I've, I, of course, have not seen them yet. So here we go.
3: We will begin with uh, Troy Fraser, A.K.A. Revived Studios, who asks this: What's your favorite story from church history?
2: Um, I'm a. I love the story of Polycarp. That is absolutely one of my one of my favorite stories from church history. And. I mean, I hate to. Um, I I hate to play up to a Catholic stereotype, but I love the history of the Reformation. I'm I'm fascinated by every layer of it, every angle of it, um, the timing of it, uh, that it was preceded by the invention of Gutenberg's printing press. Um, I'm fascinated by the way Rome responded to it. Both externally and internally, I'm fascinated by the, what it did in, in terms of altering the course of Western history and really history in general. Um, the discussions and the debates that came out of it, even amongst uh, Protestants, I think that um, I find you know I find that period of history to be undeniably fascinating and in many respects set the stage for the the history of the founding of this country. In fact, so um, and then. Um, I love the story of augustine um, mired in a sex cult and he goes from there to arguably post paul the greatest intellectual influence in the history of the church so that would be very high on my list and and I think the puritans um, in fact I wrote a book about them last year that's how much I, how fascinating I, I find that story why Thanksgiving and you know what I wasn't going to mention this today because it's not technically Thanksgiving time yet. But since it came up, I'm going to mention this a couple of days early. We are actually, we have leftover from last year, a few hundred copies left of Why Thanksgiving. So I have autographed them and we're selling them. Um, uniquely the, uh, the autograph copies by themselves at whythanksgiving.com if you want an autograph copy of my first children's book Why Thanksgiving that came out last year we're going to um, we're actually finishing now Why Easter which is the next one that comes out next spring in, front, in advance of Easter but whythanksgiving.com you can go get a signed copy of my first children's book about the Puritans and the first Thanksgiving at whythanksgiving.com so great question that's one of those questions I'm kind of surprised we've never been asked before actually i think that's the of all the times and iterations i've done this either on a plane um or here on the air no one's ever asked me that that i can recall so uh thank you enjoyed that question good one
3: next we go to larry fuller who asks what encouragement would you give to those of us who look at the current dumpster fire and the list of candidates and say i've been outspoken for years been involved on many levels in the past and this time i just (laughs) don't care
2: well, in some respects, this is, this is some of what I addressed in my keynote talk at uh, the Lincoln dinner there in Southeast Michigan Saturday night in Monroe, Michigan. But um, I, I, think you, I, think, I think we should all right now be looking at attempting to exert influence and, and our energy over that which we can actually control. That we that w- that which we can actually um, that we, which we can actually directly influence. N- n- can, let me give a couple of examples, and I'm gonna for the sake of this point, um, because we're we're all part of the same team here, whether we believe in in the same general or not. I'm I'm gonna be an equal opportunity offender here, okay? In in the examples I cite because I, I really want to really reach a broad audience on the right with what I'm about to say, okay? If you're someone who's like, DeSantis should have waited, and he's prolonged this primary, beca- when, uh, we're, and, and, and this has become unnecessarily divisive, and we've got to unite now to defeat the Democrats and the Department of Justice, and it's not his time, and or his campaign disappointed me in this way, shape, or form. If that's you, or if you're, I don't think Trump can win. I don't think he can navigate 91 federal indictments. I don't think he can hold his tongue. I don't think he can, he can stop unnecessarily alienating key voters, voting blocks we need. If, if, if you're in one of those two camps, here's the thing. Let me ask you guys this question. Did I mention any laments that each of those two camps have about the other that anyone in this audience, unless they are on Trump's legal team, they're on Trump's staff or on DeSantis's staff? Let me let me more broaden it. Did I just mention any lament that ninety nine percent of this audience has any control over whatsoever, any influence over whatsoever? No, no, no. And yet the amount of energy we're going to that is spent on those things will be where 99% of the energy goes, right? Right. Whether you think Desantis's campaign is good enough in this area, whether you think Trump is disciplined enough in this area, if you're not on the DeSantis campaign and if you're not Donald Trump or somebody close to him, you have no control over those things. And yet that's, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are doing, you know, I, I wrote about this today for The Blaze. Issue one in Ohio is coming up. A state Trump won by nine points and it's poised to just go full Metallica, kill them all where the babies are concerned. Should never happen. But how much are you even hearing about this anywhere? And, and yet how many tweets today and articles today will be written about whatever the court filings are between Trump's attorneys and Jack Smith over a trial that may or may not take place next calendar year. Meanwhile, in Ohio right now, one of our states, they're about to plant the, raise the black flag and just start slitting baby throats. Right. Yes. And there's and there's almost no energy there at all. And all the energy. Now, that's something I would think in a state that Republicans that Trump won by nine points. I think that's something we might have some influence over and could control. Correct. Right. All this other stuff we're going to talk about. The DeSantis campaign should have done this, should have run this ad. You know, the Trump legal team should have checked this box, filed this brief. All this other stuff we're going to talk about over here. How much does 99% of the people covering it and the people following that coverage have any influence in any of that at all? Zero. Zero. So here's what I would say to Larry. Work on controlling what you can control. What's going on in in your community, at your school board, your city council? What's going on there? Who's on the library board deciding whether drag queen story time hour comes to soul murder the children or not? Control what you think you can control. The amount of discouragement comes because we see things that we can't control and we obsess over them. That's human nature. I get it. I I can be guilty of it as well. Work on exercising influence where you have influence. Put your energy where it would actually create a harvest. If you want the DeSantis campaign to do blank, if you want the Trump legal team to do blank, if you want Trump's messaging to be blank, if if you want DeSantis to stop blank, almost nobody in this audience has any influence over any of that. And and in anybody's audience, yet that's what most of our our, our discourse is going to be. But th- but but there are things that we can influence, maybe still not fully control, but we definitely could have our energy would have a much more impactful ability to influence than much of where our energy goes instead, and that's what I spoke a lot about
3: Saturday night. Well said. Next up, we go to Bolton's mustache, who says, I believe you honestly seek to obtain truth, even when it corrects and humbles you. You've illustrated this many, uh, many examples of this publicly for years. Aside from the issue of your personal salvation, what truth has been the most difficult for you to acknowledge?
2: Excellent question again. Um... I think Todd may think may believe there's an answer here that that you've brought up many times in the past, but it really wasn't difficult for me, and it was the letting go of never Trump once Trump got elected that actually wasn't difficult for me.
5: I and just I, think it was vitally important. I, I agree,
2: it was vitally important. I had to <clears> do that. Okay, but but it it wasn't like something I like you know pined pined over or or considered. Um. Honestly, when he won the next morning, my first inclination is, damn, maybe I made the wrong call all along and I should have gotten on the train when I could. <laughs> okay? I mean, because that's just the way I think as a competitor. But I knew, I just, I knew, I, I have my faults. Plenty of them. One of them is not a lack of self-awareness. Anybody that knows me really well will tell you I'm pretty honest about me. I knew, I knew right away after he won, if I didn't let that go, I knew I'd become exactly what I hated. I knew. And I could kind of already see it in people like Bill Kristol and stuff. They hadn't gone the full-fledged, just abandon all principle that they are now, where they're just, they're just basically libs. They're just libs that want a big military. That's essentially all they are. They hadn't quite done that yet in 2016, but it was clear that, that, the, plum, that the, the center wasn't going to hold. The, the, the ground was sinking underneath their feet. So that actually was very easy for me to do. Because I knew... I knew I, I knew how my ego would be perform if I did not. If I did not let that go, I would then try to go out, out of spite more than anything else, to seek vindication rather than what is true. So that wasn't hard for me to come in the next day after the election and say, "All right, this thing's over. Now it's be, what's best for America." That really wasn't hard at all. Didn't think I don't think I even talked to you guys about it in advance because it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like you know wrestling over because I just knew my ego had to set it aside or it would it would it would destroy me. Okay. Here is something that I think for sure was much harder for me to accept. And 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 that is what's happening with our institutions is not accident or bad management. It's a purposeful destruction. That's num- that, that, that one was hard for me to accept. Here's the second thing that's hard for me to accept, which I should not tell you. But the questioner convicts me by, by pointing out that he truly believes I'm a seeker of truth. So I could withhold this from you. You wouldn't know. But that would be a lie of omission. Todd and Aaron, you guys would know, because it's something we've talked a lot about internally. It has been hard for me to accept there is a growing amount of people on the right that want to be lied to. That's been hard for me to accept. That there's a growing amount of people on the right that... And I don't know how big the base of people is. I, I don't know. I just know it's not insignificant. There is, a, there is an audience on the right that wants to be heavy petted. That, that truly cannot handle adult level conversation. That can't handle anything other than um, we're going to win every game. And then when we don't. The refs robbed us. They, that, that's been hard for me. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to leave Sports Talk Radio and get into this years ago is because, you know, my faith was really blossoming. And I, you know, I just felt like what Paul writes. When I was a child, I thought spoken, reasoned as a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish things that it was it was time for me to now embrace more mature subject matter on a daily basis. And I love sports. But it was time for it to no longer be the center point of my life, my livelihood, how I paid, how I paid my bills, fed my family. It was it was time to focus on things that were a far more greater impact for both myself and my neighbor and my children than talking about sports all day. And over the last several years, it's been apparent to me that I've never really left sports talk radio. I'm doing the same show I did before. Having all the same arguments I had before. And that. There were a lot of, There's a lot of people pissed off at me because I won't tell them what they want to hear, including people that agreed with me. I, I used to own an Iowa State fan publication when I did sports talk radio. One of the biggest issues I had is I would go on the radio. If I thought the Cyclones would lose, I would say so. I don't think we're winning this week. I, I mean, I kept doing the same show I was doing before I became the owner of the Cyclone fan publication just telling people what i really think doesn't mean it was always right but it was what i really thought the expectation was though that now that i am the owner of the iowa state fan publication i'll stop doing that and say you bet guys we're gonna go beat eric crouch in nebraska this weekend no we're not we're probably gonna get 60 pointed okay (laughs) get out alive that was my analysis live to fight another day people didn't want that and, and I, I, I understand why people don't want that with something as frivolous as sports, which is a di- should be a distraction. And I get enough confrontation and reality in the real world. I want, I want a place where I can go to and at least believe that, you know, I'll feel good for 30 minutes after my team wins on a Saturday or a Sunday and then on with re- regular life. What, what has been hard for me to grasp and to grip is just to see people that are lying to you. And you know they're lying to you. And you're rewarding them for it in some cases. That's, that has been hard for me to absorb. That has been on, on multiple levels. One is I'm a truth guy. I just want to know what's real. The other is, frankly, my own ego. I don't like getting beat by people that I know aren't as good as me. And certainly not nearly as damned honest. Bothers me personally. Again, I'm being honest in ways other people maybe won't be. Those are the two things. Before we move on, these are really good questions. Maybe we should stop doing this for a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are getting way too good at this. All right. Uh, A word uh, from our friends over at My Patriot Supply. It's clear the unthinkable is here. We are having economic conversations. We just aren't accustomed to having, at least, you know, not going back to eras of malaise and gas lines. So make sure you are ready. It is better to be prepared for something and not need it than to need it and not be prepared for it. Right. Our friends at My Patriot Supply, they're the country's largest preparedness company. Get their three month emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it includes drinks and snacks. So you get the full complement of the two thousand plus calories that you need. They have well over a dozen combinations of meals and sides that you can mix and match for variety as well. All right. And these things stay good for up to 25 years with proper storage. Just get the peace of mind to know that when and if Let's Go Brandon hits the food supply, you and your family are prepared. Free shipping, too, and it's fast and free. When you go to preparewithdace.com, that's preparewithdace.com. Once again, head over to preparewithdace.com. Next question.
3: Next, we go to Jarbot. This is in relation to Ron DeSantis uh, taking action against student groups in in Florida, providing material support for terrorists. Jarbot says, why are we now supporting censoring free speech we dislike? Have we learned nothing about removing rights from history, Patriot Act, COVID, and ultimately is used against us? Protesters advocating for Hamas are no less disgusting as pro-aborts, but it's still protected speech.
2: Um. They may not be any less morally disgusting, but they are literally calling for the overthrow of the United States government and participating alongside groups that seek that out. So, um, no, I, 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 I just uh, there are certain things you do. Um, if I'm a serial killer. So let, let's dispense with the premise right away that there are not certain acts that you can commit that would cause you to lose your rights. If that were the case, why do we have prisons? So we all agree, correct? Yeah. Do we all agree there are certain uh, acts that you can commit that cause you to lose your freedom? Yes. Correct. Okay. So then, then right away, the main central point of your argument is null and void. What we're really then arguing is whether this actually applies. The issue is not whether or not there are things you do that cause you to lose your rights in this country. There are. We're all very clear on this. That's why we have prisons. There are things that you do. The other. The, so then the question is whether or not these acts and these proclamations rise to that threat level to take such rights away. I clearly think they do. If you don't, then we just then to me, we have a different moral code, and it's probably irreconcilable. Next question.
3: All right, we'll continue on. This is Scott Flores. Matt Gates clearly said he wouldn't conduct a motion to vacate McCarthy if he didn't bring individual departments up for funding debates. Uh, Kevin didn't follow his end of the deal, and Gates followed through. Question how was this not having a plan? Um,
2: it, it, this was already asked by Chip Roy when we had him on the show. Has the budget process been completed for this year yet? <laughs> no, it has not. What's that? That was Chip's entire point. Your yeah. question is Chip's entire point. At the time, Chip was on here discussing this I think They said there was 42 days, so that was that, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, I think the date now is November 17th. Is that right? Or somewhere around there? So we're talking two and a half weeks. All right. That is the completion of the budget process. The budget process had not been completed yet. That's why. So we didn't have a firm answer on this. That's why. This was already answered by Chip when this debate first came up. The process hadn't completed itself yet. But that it, now, now, you might get something better out of Mike Johnson than what you were going to get before. We'll find that out between now and November the 18th. That's the unknown here. But what was known is that the budget process had not completed itself yet. That was Chip's entire argument. We're changing generals here in midstream. And then you lost three weeks going through, figuring out who the next speaker was going to be, or two weeks, figuring out who the next speaker was going to be. That was Chip's entire point. Now, it may turn out to be okay, and if so, you'll get no argument out of me, but that's usually not the way... Wars are won with random acts like this. They, and they usually don't just turn out okay. And things don't usually turn out okay when a guy you never heard about for seven years suddenly has power. Could work. Right? A bunch of you will email me and say, well, Steve, that's the biblical symbol, symbolic. Number. Yeah, you could be right. I'm not going to argue with you. But we don't know that yet. But we're going to know. When we come in here on November 18th, we're going to know. We'll get our answer then
3: next stephen rutledge says how do you discern between when to be phineas aaron's grandson in numbers 25 and when the lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent from exodus 14. love your show and i pray god handles this all in a way that goes beyond my ability to understand or ask
2: yeah my answer would be very similar to how your question ends a lot of that is beyond my understanding you know i don't i don't know um I think this is where prayer and accountability, seeking peace and contentment that yet yeah, that still small voice that you're doing the right thing that that peace that passes all understanding that you're doing the right thing in this case by letting events play themselves out i but i I don't know the answer i I am wired to take initiative and act and and i can give ample you know i can see how many times the lord has taken that and and used that for his glory and i can see several times where i acted and did th- and it didn't turn out for his glory and it blew up in my face I, I i i don't think there's a there's a clear answer where that is concerned i think the i think the goal is to seek that answer is maybe that maybe that's actually the best answer is to seek that answer does the Lord wait for the right time? Yes. Does the Lord take initiative and, and make the time right? Yes. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think the goal is to seek that answer. And then upon seeking, then act. Rather than act, and then in the middle of your act, seeking an answer that affirms the action you've taken. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Good question again.
3: All right, uh, moving on to Racine Flora. Remember Russia's Operation Chaos back in the 2008 primaries? What are the chances that Democrat voters do it to us in the open primary states this time around, voting for Trump in huge numbers so that the Democrat candidate, whoever it may be, will win the general in 24?
2: I have no idea, but I. You know, no, no, no person can rise above their own worldview. The people you're asking to do this have. I mean, slobbering, cultic levels of hatred for Donald Trump. And have we seen a lot of examples of this kind of critical thinking in mass from the Democrat base in the Trump era? No. 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 If we had, they'd have done stuff like when Trump offered him the biggest amnesty deal of all time, they would have taken it instead of shut the government down. They didn't do, it. They didn't do that, though. They shut the government down instead. So I, I think you're asking a group of people who has frankly allowed Donald Trump to break their brains and they've lost their damn minds to now suddenly recover enough cognitive function to think strategically. And I'm not entirely sure that they're capable of that. So that would be my answer.
3: One more real quick. Uh, This is Revival or Bust. The best response to reaching someone who won't accept Christ as their savior because they say the Bible was written by too many different authors to be a legit book it's blocking any attempt I make to witness to this person. Thoughts on this submission?
2: The Bible was written by too many different yeah, authors. Yeah, what's
3: the best response to that quip?
2: Um I have to contemplate that. I've never I've never heard that one before. I think
5: it's it actually works in reverse when you combine that with the modern day scholarship yes. of how reliable the Bible the fact that there's more authors actually tends
2: to Give credence to its veracity. Excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. However, someone's salvation is not predicated on whether the Bible is true. It is predicated on whether Jesus walked out of that tomb on the third day. That's the argument. If he did, then listen to what the Bible has to say. If he didn't, then don't. But it's not about the Bible. It's about whether Jesus is alive. Back here on the Steve Day Show, we're going to talk to our good friend Matt Peterson here in a moment. He's the editor-at-large of The Blaze, and before he came to work with us here, he was a strong advocate of the building of the parallel economy. And that is coming, albeit slowly. Thankfully, one place where it is fully available to us is with a product that all of us have to use in this day and age to thrive in a modern society or mobile phones. So make the switch today to our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They're really America's only American mobile phone company left. You get access to all three major networks. If you're a member, you can switch at any time free of charge. They've got so many incentives for you to make the switch, especially if you're a veteran or first responder. Let them know in advance. They'll offer you some extra special incentives. It's a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code DACE when you go uh, to PatriotMobile.com. I'm sorry, offer code Steve. When you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. And they do have an outstanding customer service team. I've interacted with them numerous times the last few years. They've been great A every single time. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Use the promo code Steve or call 972-PATRIOT today. Keep your phone. Keep your number. Get a new phone, new number. They'll customize it for you and your whole household. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or 972-PATRIOT. Let's welcome in uh, Matt Peterson. He's been on our show several times over the years, but never before in his new capacity as editor-at-large here at The Blaze. Good to see you, brother. How are you?
1: Hey, great to be here.
2: So first of all, Matt, why would you go ahead and decide to take this job?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, um, one of the things that we had talked about before um, is the importance of media and the, the problems that conservative media faces. And I just I saw Blaze Media as positioned uh, to do incredible things over the next few years, including uh, some of the stuff we're doing now with our website to talk about and bring together and foster a commercial cultural movement uh, that really pushes people into a place where they can live well in the midst of all this madness. And uh, you know I'm I'm thrilled. I mean, what we're doing is 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 amazing. So
2: we announced last week a major move as a company, and it is, it's, it's something we all recognize, all of us that have, whether as a network or individuals, any platform of substance or significance, we've all seen since the, since the Trump campaign basically took social media and used it to beat them at their own game to win the presidency the clock has been ticking the system has been striking back against us uh you know gradually when trump was president and then after he left the white house those t- attacks have have uh upped the ante considerably and there have been little test cases here or there with an alex jones or something to see how far they can push the camel's nose under the tent and 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 so we all knew that this time of us all making lucrative amounts of money um, that were kindly being dispensed to us by our enemies was was going to come to an end. But trying to figure out when to do that, the, the macro economy is very uncertain right now uh, with what's going on in the country on top of that. And so... Do you want to be the first to take that leap? And maybe it's too early and you suffer as a result, as a platform or as a network. This is what these are internal dialogues that have been happening on the right everywhere for the last couple of years. We all knew that what we did at the Blaze last week is what we're all going to have to do. But can you do it so soon, though, that you hurt yourself in the process? Right. I'm I'm sure we did a lot of that internal dialoguing with you and Tyler and the team before the decision was made to go ahead and pull the trigger here. So why now? Why this moment to go ahead and take this risk?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think I think people underestimate our audience sometimes underestimates the amount of money they're diverting away from us because the left unlike the right knows that they shouldn't be funding their enemies. Um so we all know it, but what we saw this as the perfect time because it's because it's before everyone else. I mean, everyone knows what the trajectory is between now and November 2024. So I think we're at the point now where we are behind if we don't make this move now and and speak clearly and honestly to our audience about the situation that we're in. And that's what we did. And I, I firmly believe that this is going to put Blaze Media in a situation when we do get to November 2024 and we face these increasing attacks, we will be stronger, we will be able to provide more content, Uh, of the kind our audience loves to them because we're just ripping the Band-Aid off and doing it now. And, you know, I mean, they're going to continue to demonetize. It's not like it's not like, as you said, we don't know where this is going. So Mm -hmm. I think we're at the point now where either you take action or you're actually things are going to be worse for you next year.
2: Next year, the key with the election. Did it really just come Mm -hmm. down to, Matt, at any point next year, we could just get up on a Tuesday and Silicon Valley just pulls the plug and says, hey, maybe it beat us in court. What we did was wrong, but ain't going to find out between now and next November. So game on and we'll see if you guys can beat us in 2027 or 2028 by the time all the court briefs and, and everything get filed and years of litigation to see what we did was wrong or not. And, and is, is, could it, is it just as simple as that Couldn't that moment, that morning could have happened at any point here?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at any point they could they can just pull the plug on on major things and you never know what they're going to do. But then also there's this gradual ratcheting effect where, you know, every day they keep moving in certain directions that, you know, it sounds it sounds make it sound reasonable. Right. I mean, NewsGuard today announced a new rating ranking system for what's real news and what's not. I mean, you have organizations like NewsGuard with. Uh, you know, former generals and heads of the CIA and the NSA on their advisory board. Uh, So you have this kind of mass collusion between these NGOs, these nonprofits, and, uh, you know, the feds and then the big social companies, and they're all kind of marching in the same direction, you know, slowly squeezing everyone out. So, you know, to, to get rid of all of that, just to, you know, cut the Gordian knot, what you got to do is just go direct to the people. We have a great relationship with our audience, and we're just going to serve them better and have that direct relationship. We don't, less and less, we're going to have to worry about this noise because they're just, they, they are not stopping. I mean, they are not stopping. And the only way uh, to beat them, Uh, You know, ultimately, is is that direct relationship that they can't break between us and our audience?
2: Have you heard we're talking, by the way, to Matt Peterson? He's our editor in chief here at The Blaze. Matt, have you heard from other people even off the record at other places in the conservative media sphere saying uh, or providing their thoughts on what we've done here? Maybe kind of waiting to see how it works out for us and maybe they'll do the same thing or what have you heard?
1: Yeah, I do. um, I have talked to a few folks throughout the landscape. I think that a lot of people uh, know uh, that this is the direction everyone needs to move, and they're very curious about what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first, I have to say, the first response that I got um, from people across the landscape was more envy (laughs) because they really like our website and they wish they had one that was as cool.
2: (laughs) Well, let's talk about that then. All right. So it may it's a risk to us, but this is a boon to the audience on several fronts. Go into some of those examples.
1: Yeah, well, first off, there's just no ads. I mean, you know, and we all know the most annoying thing about the right is that they they don't care about aesthetics and everyone just, you know, it was easy money. You just you sign up for an ad network and they automatically match ads to the articles and lo and behold, you and I are used to trying to read something uh, that, you know, that Steve writes uh, this morning. I mean, your piece, we'd have to be clicking through all these disgusting ads about tummy rot and everything else. I mean, you can't even look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a friend said, it gives you eye cancer. Uh, so we're happy to get rid of those. And then it's not only just getting rid of them, though. It's not absence. What Alexander did here is really design something that's really beautiful. As far as a website goes, it's designed in, in very small ways. And the overall effect is that you're reading a newspaper again or a premium magazine and it's very clean. Uh, so uh, so I, I would just encourage, you know, the audience just you have to go check it out. You know, go to the blaze and look at the thing, because really that is an industry leader right now. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. I mean, I'll just say that boldly, but it's just obvious uh, that website uh, puts Blaze ahead of, of many others, and people are, are envious of it. Uh, now, of course, the m- most exciting part to me is that we're going to build that out with more and more content. Such as? Well, uh, first, tech and lifestyle are two new verticals we've added. Um, they each have their own sub brand, so Return is our uh, exciting uh, technology exploration vehicle, and we all know how important that is. Everything we were just talking about when it comes to censorship all relates to technology and what these big tech corporations are doing and how technology is being used by powerful forces. The positive side of that, the flip side of that is how can you be digitally sovereign? How can you retain digital sovereignty in an age where all these devices are trying to enslave you and your mind? Mm -hmm. That's a really really important question and all of us, including myself, want daily. I want advice. I want to know what the best practices are so that I'm not enslaved to technology, and I'm using it for good. Uh, Wired magazine right now, you know, isn't thinking about these things. Wired magazine is writing articles about how having biological children is evil and passe. Mm-hmm. So, so we we want to address that need on the right, and as we, as we go on, we will build out that technology section, and then lifestyle, parallel economy. There will be no parallel economy, right? There will be none of the things that I was working for at the right leaning venture firm before uh, coming here. There'll be none of those things without media, because if we don't know if you and I don't know what products and services are available to us mm-hmm. and what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of that economy, we won't be able to move our money, our dollars out from underwater capital. So, uh, you know, a line is all about aligning your daily life with your values, whether it's advice from people who actually, uh, you know, uphold those values and so are going to give you good advice about how to live as a man, woman, parent, child. In this, uh, in this uh, you know, morass that we're living in. Or whether it's, you know, what are the top five beers I can buy that just aren't, my money isn't going to go to people who hate me. Uh, and that's what we're going to explore with the line. And that's just the start. I mean, entertainment, faith, we're going to build out all those areas.
2: All right. One last question. If I could go a little bit off script with you, if you don't mind. When I was in Dallas two weeks yep. ago, Steve Baker, our contributor, told me some things on the show that I was not aware of. Namely, that as a company we're in possession of all of the all of the yet unseen footage from January sixth. He said that we are we were work we were working with previous Speaker McCarthy on when we could come th- th- forth with that. You know, different things and angles have to be confirmed. You just can't put it out there raw. Um, and obviously, with what happened with the speaker fight, that's been put on hold. Um, but he also seemed to indicate that as a company we were maybe losing our patience waiting for that. Uh, where Congress was concerned, can you give us an update? What do we have, and when will the public be able to see it?
1: Yeah. So, what we have, and and I've I've uh, I've laid this out in writing, uh, asking the speaker to release this footage. Um, what we have is actually a, a very small amount um, uh, from January six. What Steve meant is what, what we have is um, we have video related to Special Agent. David Lazarus, who was working with Nancy Pelosi, and we put out an article. We've investigated that footage. We have that footage. It just shows he wasn't where, where he said he was uh, when he testified in a federal trial that put people in prison.
2: So evidence of perjury.
1: Uh, it, yes. So this is evidence of perjury. We have that footage, um, but the rest of it we, we don't have. And we know we've examined the footage. We've examined hours of it. We had a team of three people. Looking at hours of it, there's much more we want to see. There's tons of stories there, um, so we know we've documented some of these things, and we could we could write about them, and we will if we don't get the footage. Um, but what happened is exactly right. M- you know, McCarthy. They first said um, Steve was one of the f- first, Steve Baker was one of the first people let in the room. There's only a handful of people who are looking at the footage at all, uh, who are journalists who even knew what questions to ask. Uh, and then, then McCarthy uh, was getting sued by the mainstream media, and so they said, "Look, we got to put out a policy uh, for everybody who wants to come see the footage." So we had to wait for that. Then they put out the policy, and then the night before, okay, we were about to release this article, we learned that the speaker, um, you know, that we don't have a speaker anymore, and there's this surprise uh, attack mm-hmm. uh, from within. And now we're told, well, now we got Johnson, and he'll be even better, and he'll show us the footage. Look, the bottom line is, yes, our patience is wearing thin. I'm going to give the speaker some time to, you know, get established. I have uh, faith that this speaker will, you know, honor uh, what he's said he's going to do. Uh, But I don't trust politicians fundamentally, and it's been now, you know, weeks and weeks and so I really, really hope that in the next week or so, we hear what's going to happen with a new policy and they start releasing this stuff to us. Or otherwise, I think that we need to demand accountability uh, from, you know, these Republicans who have been promising this for a long time.
2: Well said. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Congratulations on coming on board belatedly, but also on uh, this new chapter. With our company. It's exciting and uh, it looks tremendous, man. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, I'm just so happy and grateful to be here, and we're going to do amazing things in the future. Thanks.
2: You got it, brother. Take care. Good to see you. Uh, before I get you guys' reaction, uh, one final word from our partners here over at Jace Medical. You know, we've talked a lot the last year or so since they came on board why you want to be a part of what Jace does and helping to back up your meds. But let's just make this even more practical right now. There is a shortage of a lot of essential, of critical essential drugs in the country right now, which can lead to severe disruptions in medical treatments resulting in delays, uh, treatment cancellations, maybe even the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. One workaround, a cheat code, is our friends over at Jace Medical right now. They can help you uh, customize a Jace case with even your personal meds at the exact same time to make sure you have that peace of mind when it comes to your medications. Go to jacemedical.com. That's where you want to go, J-A-S-E. jacemedical.com is where you want to go. Use the promo code DACE for a discount when you check out at jacemedical.com. jacemedical.com, promo code DACE at checkout. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we had with Matthew Peterson.
5: Uh, it really resonates with me when he talks about an aesthetic that's important. Uh, he's absolutely right about that. Uh, and it's in the same way that, Steve, you said how important it is that we need to be better storytellers uh, than ever before. That doesn't have to look the same way in every respect. You mentioned all the great Christian movies that have come out and now up the game on that aesthetic. Well, Nefarious is not the same movie uh, as Jesus, uh, uh, revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something, ab- uh, about how we orient our senses to the good and the true through, uh, the beautiful. And I, I, I really, it's, we aren't just mere thinkers, you know, some s- weird symbiotes that are meant to ultimately just do the math of living. There is an absolute aesthetic to it and just to have a taste of it so something like the website is the right track. Amen.
2: Aaron?
3: Yeah, agree with all those, all those words and uh, just really excited to see where this will go and I hope and pray that this is, this is the new normal. That term is thrown around too much, but this type of project and who is funding it and how it goes about, I really hope that that's kind of the new normal for the alternative media.
2: Amen again. We'll come back tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze Radio Network.